Well, how's everybody doing tonight? Awesome, awesome. Uh, this is my second week with you. Last week I, I spoke on overcoming stress. And uh, tonight I want to speak on overcoming discouragement. You know, we're in a season of the holidays and on the outside, um, you know, it seems like it's a joyous time. And it, and it is, and it can be. Uh, you know, people are celebrating its family time and it's great. But statistically speaking, it's actually the time of the year that there is more depression than ever. Uh, there are more suicides than ever. People feel lonely during this time more than any other time in the season. And so uh, how many of you believe that you come to church to encounter God and to be equipped? Can I see your hands? Yeah. So my prayer is that you would be equipped uh, tonight just like any other night. Um, but you would be equipped for yourself, that you would just take, have faith and, and, and apply some things for your life for yourself. Uh, if it's not for tonight, maybe it's for another time, another season. And also that you would be equipped to be a blessing to other people. You know, sometimes we're sitting here and we're listening and we're like, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. But maybe the Lord would give that to you so that you can use that and you can be a blessing to somebody else. And so that's my prayer for you tonight. Um, and so uh, real quick, I just want to recap last week uh, in just a nutshell. We talked about overcoming stress. How many of you guys are here tonight that were not here last week? Let me see your hands. Okay. Um, so this is what you got to know, what you got to remember about overcoming stress is, is this. I gave you three steps, just three things you can take. And number one is that you have to change your mind about stress. Uh, one of the things I said is that it's very common. It seems to be more common today than ever. And just because it's common doesn't have to be, doesn't mean that it has to be acceptable. It doesn't mean that it has to be something that is normal for you just because it's common. So we have to change our minds about that, that it's not from God because it doesn't produce life. And when I say stress, I'm not just talking about a stressful day. I'm talking about, you know, a stressful season that is just pressuring you um, and just causing you to lose sleep and, and, and just really a bad time in your life. The other thing I said was prayer. And with prayer is this, it's kind of twofold. Number one is that we pray so that God can move the mountain. How many of you guys believe our God can move a mountain? We serve an awesome God. Pastor Jared said, uh, believe God for a miracle. We serve a God that can do miracles. He can make ways where there's no way. That's the God we serve. And many times through prayer that happens. But the other thing is that sometimes through prayer, God won't move the mountain. He'll move you. He'll move me. And many times he'll give us direction to change a couple things so that we're not bringing stress to our lives. And the third thing I said was uh, to rest, to rest in the Lord. Yes, we need more sleep. That's great. Sleep is, is helpful. Yes, we need vacation. That's great. That's helpful. Um, but really the rest, I'm talking is supernatural spiritual rest. The rest that Jesus said, I come to give you rest. Uh, the rest that says, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to see the right perspective and I'm going to be confident that this will pass and God will bless me and God's going to do something through this. This is bigger than just me. And so I want to keep that vein of overcoming, um, you know, overcoming stress. And today, tonight I'm speaking on overcoming discouragement or you can say hopelessness. Um, and if we can really be honest with ourselves, I think most of us, if not all of us here tonight, we have all dealt with some level of discouragement. Some level of discouragement in our lives. It doesn't matter the level of success that you have. It doesn't matter the amount of time that you have serving God, coming to church. It doesn't matter even how much scripture you know. I believe that at some point in our lives, we deal and we have to face a spirit of discouragement or hopelessness in our lives. 
Uh, and when I think about discouragement and why it comes, um, just a few things that come to my mind. I'm sure this is not the extent of the list, but these are definitely some reasons why. Is that uh, sometimes we become discouraged when certain things don't turn out the way we thought or the way we intended that they would pan out. Uh, sometimes, you know, it can be over time, a long time. You know, we're believing God for something and uh, we're praying, we believe we have faith and time goes by and nothing changes and so there's a temptation to lose hope. There's a temptation to become discouraged. Another reason is that, you know, we might go through other trials and uh, we might fail and that can bring a temptation to become discouraged if we stay there. Um, I don't know about you, but there are some seasons where you just feel, or I have felt, spiritually dry. You know, and you, 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 you might have had a passion to read or to pray, to, to spend time with God, to come to church, to be excited, to be expecting. But then, for whatever reason, you just, it's almost like you feel spiritually dry and, and you're not sure um, why these things, these passions aren't out front the way you thought they should be. You know, sometimes it's just, it just can drop on you. And I believe that uh, it might not stem from this reason or that reason, but it can be simply an attack from the enemy uh, because of this reason. When you become discouraged and when you stay discouraged, here is the danger with that. The danger of discouragement is that it can cause you to give up. It can cause you to give up. And I just, I just felt so strong from God as I was studying and I was preparing this to tell you tonight not to give up. Can you receive that tonight? If you don't remember anything else that I st I'm up here talking, would it just be that God is telling you not to give up? Not to give up? Like don't give up. God sees you. God is with you. God is moving in the background. Don't give up. Um, because this is one of the enemy's tactics of, of discouragement. The reason he discourages you is so that you can give up. You know, there's a devil out there, and he doesn't like us. He doesn't like anybody, really. And the devil fights people who don't know God so that they would never know God. That is the devil's plan, is he's fighting people who don't know Jesus so that you would never come to a place of faith and giving your life to Jesus. And he fights people who do know God um, to make them give up, to make them give up in their faith, to make them give up in their, in their walk with the Lord. And so he will try to overwhelm you with discouragement because if you are discouraged long enough, it can cause you to give up, to give up the plan that God has for you, to give up your faith, to give up uh, what he is doing through you in this time, in this place. So John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that in me, this is Jesus talking, you might have peace in this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus said. It's a promise. But he says this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Overcome the world. First uh, John 5, 4. I like it in the Amplified. It says this, for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus the Son of God. Our continuing persistent faith. Two things, and we talked about this last week, that I see here is, number one, if you follow Jesus, if you are born of God, that already qualifies you as a conqueror, as an overcomer. And you can overcome stress, fear, anxiety, depression, um, discouragement, hopelessness, all of those things listed. Just because you believe in Jesus, that qualifies you for being an overcomer. But the second thing is this, that as, as I read this, it says that it takes our faith. 
It takes our faith. It is something that has to be intentional. It is something that we have to receive and apply to our lives. So tonight, I want to share just a couple things with you that will help you overcome discouragement by faith. In the middle of discouragement, the biggest weapon that you and I have is a word from God, a specific word from God. It is a specific word. I believe that if you are on the brink of giving up, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling like this is it, then the best weapon that you can have on you, in your hand, in your mouth, is a specific word from God. Now, this, this has the power to break discouragement off of you in, within a second. Um, this word can come from the scriptures. It can come from the scriptures as you're reading um, maybe, maybe you know about why you're discouraged. And so one of the things you can do is, is to look for that topic in the word and look to see what God has to say about it and, and stand on that word and believe that word and don't let go of that word. Um, sometimes it might just jump out at you without even you trying to look for that topic. Uh, one morning I was reading and it was, a, it was kind of a, I was just battling with a thought I, I feel like the enemy, the Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, right? He accuses us. He, he, he tries to condemn us. And so I felt like that was what I was dealing with in this time. And I was praying about it. But I was just doing a, a, a daily reading. wasn't looking for anything uh, uh, for me to be encouraged in this area. And I ran across Acts 28. Uh, chapter 3, I was just reading this, and the, this is what the Bible says. It says, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them on the fire. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. Now, this is what verse 5 says. This is what popped out to me. It says, but he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. And when I read that, obviously the context here is that Paul just got bit by a snake. And the natives are looking at him, he's like, he got bit because he did something bad. And so the Bible says that he shook off the creature, and he put it in the fire, and no harm came to him. Well, as I read that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and it was this, this word in season that said that this accusation, this thought that I have, um, like a threat almost, I began, I took this word and I said, you know what, I am going to shake that threat off. I'm going to just shake it off into the fire and I'm not going to suffer any harm because of it. How many of you following what I'm saying? Now, within that context, it has nothing to do with encouraging me because of this accusation. But yet, the Bible, the word is alive. It is active. And God, by the Holy Spirit, can speak to you. He can give you a word and season. I'll tell you what, when I received that, I heard it, and I, I, not only did I just hear it for myself, but I believed it, and I stood on it. And any time I had this thought of discouragement, any time I felt accused or guilty or condemned, I used this word, I spoke this word, and I stood on this word. And I said, no, I'm shaking that off. I shake that off in Jesus' name. It's going into the fire, and I'm not going to suffer any harm because of it. And the Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, the, the devil will condemn you. And with, with, with leaving you with no hope and accuse you, but we get it twisted sometimes with feeling, you know, bad about something, but the Holy Spirit convicts you with hope. The devil condemns you with no hope, and this was condemnation. And when you notice that and you realize that, you're able to shake things off. And so it could come from the Scripture. 
Uh, it can come from the Holy Spirit through prayer. You could be talking to God about how you're feeling, and the Lord can drop something in your spirit, and he can speak to you a word or remind you a word that was spoken to you, and you, you take that word as a specific word from God, and you stand on it, and that is a weapon against discouragement. It can come through another person. How many of you guys know that God can use people? If God could use a donkey to speak to somebody, he could use me, he could use you to speak to somebody. And so uh, this is huge, and I'm not going to elaborate too much on this tonight, um, but I, I want to make mention that when you surround yourself with the right people, it can help you overcome discouragement. The Bible says to encourage one another. The Bible says that if someone has fallen, let those who are spiritual restore such a one. Right, And so the influence is very important. The people you surround yourself with is very important when you're dealing with discouragement, when you're feeling, with, uh, feeling hopeless. But the point is this, whether it comes from the scripture, whether it comes through prayer, whether it comes through something that somebody said to you, uh, the point is that it comes from God. You recognize that it comes from God and you receive it and you stand on it and you don't let it go. Uh, in Acts chapter 27, uh, we read a story about Paul. Paul is a prisoner at this time, and he's on his way to Rome. He's, he's uh, on a ship, and he's, he's, he's being sent to Rome with other prisoners. And uh, the Bible says that they were facing some storms. They were facing some bad weather. And, and Paul tells the centurion to tell the captain and those that are on the ship, he says, listen, this is not a good idea. If we keep going... We're going to suffer shipwreck. We're going to get, you know, this is not going to go well for us. Uh, the, we're going to lose the ship and also lose our lives. But they did not listen. The Bible says in verse 10, he said this. He said, man, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only for the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nonetheless, the Bible says they did not listen. They kept going. So in, in, in verse 20, Acts 27, 20, listen to this, how a word can change the outcome of the situation of feeling hopeless and of feeling discouraged. It says, now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small tempest beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. It says, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me. He's saying, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Verse 23, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told to me. Just as it was told to me. Now, the Bible says that they were hopeless. They were discouraged. Um, there was 276 people on that ship. That's what the Bible says. But yet, because Paul received the word from God, an angel stood by him. Now, many times you might not have an angel. You might, have, might not have the whole skies open up and a, a, a ray of sunlight come before you and God speak to you. But yet, God can still move through different things and speak to you. But he says, an angel stood by me at the nighttime and he said that we were not going to lose our lives. Because of that, it changed the situation. They continued the sale. 276 people 
were saved and they were able to continue in their life because one word changed from them feeling hopeless to them having faith and being able to continue to go forward. You know that we need hope to be able to overcome. The Bible says that it's by our faith that we overcome. But you know that if you are in a place of hopelessness, it's really hard to have faith. Because the Bible says that faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the things not yet seen. And so here's what you have to do if you're feeling discouraged. If you're feeling discouraged, you have to know that you got to get to a place of faith. But if you're feeling discouraged and you don't have hope, then you can't really exercise faith because faith, in order to have faith, you have to have hope. And so here's what you have to do is you say, okay, you identify, you recognize that I'm in a place of hopelessness. I feel discouraged. So what I have to do is I have to get a word from God so that I can move from being discouraged into a place of having hope. If, I have, if I'm in a place of having hope, then I can exercise my faith. And if I'm exercising my faith, then I can overcome. And I can see, I can move forward, and I can allow God to do something in this situation um, because of the word of God, because of the fact that I, I, I received a promise from God, I'm going to stand on it, and that's going to change everything. Um, I remember when I was, I was 18 years old, uh, I, I received the call to ministry. You know, I, I was part of a Spanish church, and I was involved in the church, and, uh, you know, a man of God gave me a word about just being in the ministry. And uh, how many of you guys know God still speaks? On behalf of people being used by God, yeah? And really, you know, what we have to know and have to remember is that if there's any prophetic word given to you, that because you and I have the Holy Spirit inside, really the purpose of that word is to confirm what God is speaking to you already. Um, Sometimes, you know, we get confused when somebody uses God to give you a word and it was not in your heart or it doesn't really match what God's telling you. And we say, well, that guy's a man of God, so it must be that, but it doesn't really fit here. Then, you know, we have to make sure that we judge that correctly. In this case, you know, it was confirmation for me. And I knew that, uh, you know, I waited and I just knew that I needed to go to a Bible school. And so I'm 18 years old. um, and, and, And after prayer, after visiting a school, I found out and I realized that I was going to go to the state of Oklahoma, drive myself. Uh, by the way, I, I couldn't even get around my state by myself, so that was already an act of faith. I'd get lost, um, and, and so I, I believe that God was calling me there. And in prayer time and through just wise counsel, God spoke to me very clearly about going to this school in this time, in the specific time. It was the summer of 2008. And so... I got myself, my stuff together. I had a pickup truck, um, a short bed, by the way. I loaded all my stuff on my truck. I was happy, excited. I was about to conquer the world for Jesus. I started driving out. I'm in, I'm in, I lived in central Washington, the state of Washington. That's where I lived. Uh, that's where I was born and raised, by the way. And so I'm driving out. got all my stuff together. I have $1,200 in my pocket, ready to go conquer the world for Jesus. I'm driving out. The moment I leave the border of Washington, actually across the border, Washington or Oregon State, my truck starts giving me problems. It starts to, you know, just kind of not accelerate and go at the speed that it should be going. And so, you know, I go to a shop, I have them check it out. Long story short, um, they end up saying I need to replace my alternator and uh, my serpentine belt. And so I'm out a few hundred dollars doesn't really bother me much. I'm excited. I'm stoked. God told me to go, so I'm going. 
So I, 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 do what they need to, I, I do what they tell me to do there. I drive away. That night, I spend the night in Idaho um, and, uh, you know, at a regular hotel, nothing fancy, nothing crazy. Get up with a pep in my step the next morning. Nothing's going to stop me. Let's go. God told me to go. I'm ready. Got my tunes up. Got my hand on the outside, you know, 18-year-old swag. Uh, God told me to go. Let's go. So here we go. We're driving. I go across the next day through Utah, just a little bit. Very beautiful, by the way. And then I'm driving through the state of Wyoming. In the state of Wyoming, uh, my truck starts to do somewhat of the similar thing. My first thought in the flesh was like, those guys, uh, they, they, they hustled me. You know, they, 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 did, they put something in my truck and they, didn't, they said they were going to do it, but they didn't fix it. And so I had to uh, overcome the flesh, went into another shop, and they started looking at my truck. As I'm there, they, 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 they give me ideas of what the issue is. And then they see another issue that I didn't even know about or didn't even think about with my tire. My tire, now the truck that I had was like a custom truck. It, was, uh, it had a lift. It had like, um, if you're into cars, then you'll know that it had an Edelbrock engine, carburetor. It had headman headers. It had dual exhaust. Like it was, it was a single man's truck. I'm married now and I have three kids and I'm driving a car <laughs> for the glory of the Lord. But uh, the truck was awesome, right? And so um, I pull in, and, and, and it's got this huge ball on my tire. And they're like, the, the guy's like, dude, you, you should not be driving this in the, in the highway. Like, this is dangerous. You could wreck and cause a huge accident. Like, you shouldn't even drive it from this parking lot. I said, that's fine. Give me, give me what I need. And he said, well, because it's, you know, a custom tire size and because it's lifted and everything, I have to order it. And if I, when I order it, it's not going to get here for two weeks. And uh, not only that, but it's because it's custom, it's not your average price, like it's, it's more expensive. So that's that issue, plus the issue of me not being able to accelerate well. Um, you know, I understand that discouragement is huge and people uh, go through seasons of discouragement, but this was a moment of discouragement that was huge for me. I was in the middle of nowhere, I didn't know anybody. I already started using money that I didn't plan on using. And I have to wait two weeks in this place that is, that is just, to me, it is like another world. And so I became super discouraged, super discouraged. And so I thought to myself, well, let me call my family. They'll know what to do. Well, that wasn't a good idea because what they told me to do was to ditch my truck, use my money, and go back home. And I went from being discouraged to becoming more discouraged. <laughs> and uh, before you judge my family, you know, they, they don't know Jesus like we do, uh, they're awesome, and they were thinking the best for me. They wanted to make sure that I was safe. But I said, you know, you just, how did I say it? You know, I said, no disrespect, but I know. I, I think I said, you don't understand or something like that. Uh, but I know God told me to go. I know, and it probably sounded crazy, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew because of a word that God gave me that I was supposed to go. And I said, Lord, if you told me to go, then you're going to make a way. Lord, if you told me to go, then I'm going to get through this. Lord, if you told me to go, then something's going to happen. Well, what I did is I ended up staying that night in that place, in, in that city, that area, town, or whatever it is. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to want to spend extra money on a nice hotel. I'm just going to go to some rink-a-dink motel and spend as little money as possible. Well, I did that. And... Uh, that made me become more discouraged because I went to go take a shower and I found that there was cockroaches in the shower. 
I went to go lay down and I found a cockroach by my pillow. And don't judge me, but I don't do cockroaches. I don't do that stuff. Um, so I, I cried myself to sleep that night. I cried. I said, Lord, you know, I, was, I became discouraged. I started to lose hope. And where there's no hope, there's no faith. And if you don't have faith, then you can't overcome. And I remember the Lord just giving me peace and telling me the same thing that he told me a year before, that he called me to that school. And he called me in this time. And I held on to that word. And I believed God. And I said, Lord, if this is you, then you have to do something. So I, I slept with the cockroaches that night by the grace of God. And in the morning time, I woke up and I, and I, and I had this new kind of uh, a new hope, this new thought in, in me to say, you know what? And it, it was probably a bad thought, but the Lord used this thought. And my thought was, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Let me go to somebody else that knows what they're talking about. Because I think I could still drive this truck the way it is, and I'm going to get to where I should go. Uh, so I went to another spot, and uh, a guy came out, and he told me the same thing that the other guy told me. He said, you can't drive this thing. This is crazy. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's not safe. Uh, I mean, it was a huge ball on the tire, you know. It was just... It was obvious that it wasn't safe. But this guy that came out, he's a different shop, same town. He looked at my tire and he said, he looked at it and, you know, remember his custom truck, custom tires. He said, he said, oh, is that a, a so-and-so? I don't remember the size of the tire. And he said, you know what, I, I'm a mechanic. I, I drive a truck that's like my parts truck. And I happen to bring that to work today and I have that size tire. I'll give it to you for 50 bucks and I'll put it on for you right now. Right now. And I, I almost fainted, you know. I started speaking in tongues. I don't even know if the guy was saved or not. Probably thought I was crazy. But he put that tire on for $50 that same day. I was on my way. We fixed the other thing. And, I, and, 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 and again, this, this, this confidence came back. I, I was praising the Lord. I was thanking God. The fact that this was a miracle. This was something that I was going nowhere. It was for two weeks. I was already spending money that I didn't plan on spending, but God made a way. And I'm on my way. I get into the state of Oklahoma. I'm 70 miles out, and my truck breaks down. It breaks down again. This time it won't even turn on. Later on I found out it was an electrical problem. Well, before coming to the school, I had met somebody through this encounter weekend. And so I called him. It was late at night. I called him. And he came 70 miles out. I waited for him by the side of the road. He came 70 miles out. He had a little Honda Prelude and I had this truck with all this stuff. I remember seeing him taking all my boxes and opening them and just dumping my stuff in, the, in his hatchback. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, wait a minute, you're helping me. <laughs> the boxes won't fit. This is all I got. And so, like, all my clothes, all my stuff, you know, all my picture, everything that I had uh, was, was just in, his, in his, the hatchback in the little trunk space of his Honda Prelude. That night, we went, we got into the city that I needed to be in. I slept on his couch that night. And, you know, I didn't think that I was going to make it like that. But the fact and the truth was that God kept his word and he said that I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there at that time. It was crazy. I had to use faith. I, had to, I battled with discouragement, with hopelessness. But God, because of his word, because of the fact that he is good and because his promises are yes and amen, because of that and because of the fact that I held on to that, 
I was there, and let me just tell you this, the reason, the, the, the purpose of me there, being there, it changed my life. I met my wife there. I believe I'm here because of that season, and it was just such a blessing, the fact that I look back, and I'm so glad that I didn't give up. I'm so glad I didn't give up because I don't know where I would be if I gave up, and I just want to encourage you tonight not to give up. Not to give up. If you're in a place of discouragement, you got to get to a place of hope. And by, by getting to hope, you get a word from God. You look for a word. You, 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 you just come to a place to where, Lord, I need a word from you, a specific word. Use anything. Use the Bible. Use, use uh, somebody. Use, use the, in this time of prayer. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to stand on it. And no matter what happens, no matter what pans out, I'm going to believe that you are good and you are true in what you say. And if you do that, I believe that you can overcome faith. Would you stand? Uh, I'm sorry, overcome discouragement. Would you stand with me tonight? I didn't get to come to my whiteboard, but that's okay. I think that, you know, we said what we had to say. And uh, I, my prayer is that, is that you would not give up. My prayer is that you would receive a word from God. My prayer is that the Lord would speak to you. If you're there, just right where you're at, would you just raise your hands? I want to pray over you and just declare this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask God that your voice would be so strong in our lives, in this season and this time. We silence the voice of the enemy in Jesus' name. Every lie that he brings to us, everything that he does to us to try to get us to give up, in Jesus' name, we cancel it. And we just declare, Father God, your word. We ask, Father, that, that you would speak to us through your scriptures. Lord, we decide tonight, we make a decision that we will seek your word because in your word there is life. In your word, there is truth. And as we do that, I pray that you would speak to us. Father, I, I ask that you would speak to through the people that surround us. You know, many times you use people that we don't expect. But Lord, that's what you do. You take, you use uh, what we consider weak. We, you, you use, Father, what we consider small and insignificant sometimes. And I pray that you would give us ears to hear. Father, for those who are in a time of discouragement, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just speak hope and we speak life and we speak faith. I thank you that we are overcomers. And in this season, this time, may you use us, Lord, to bring hope and life to other people. We thank you for that. In this attitude of prayer, you can put your hands down in this attitude of prayer. You know, we, we, we never like to have a service where we encounter Jesus without ever giving an opportunity for somebody to give their life to Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time. And so with every, every eye closed, just out of respect to those around you, I want to give maybe somebody that might be here tonight an opportunity to take a step of faith and to receive Jesus in your life. The Bible says that if we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. The Bible says that eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus whom he sent. And if you are here tonight and you haven't made that decision, then tonight's your night 
And right now is your time. Right now where you're at, if you say, pray for me, I want to make that decision, would you boldly slip your hand up very high so I can see it? Everybody's eyes are closed. If you're in here tonight, you say, pray for me, I want to accept Jesus in my life, would you raise your hand right now? Raise it nice and high. Raise it nice and high if that's you. I want to live for myself anymore. I want to live on purpose for the purpose of Jesus. God bless you. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Well, we're going to say a prayer. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that you'll be saved. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to make this prayer all together for that individual that raised their hand. And I just want to say to the person that raised their hand, um, I'd love to meet you. One of the pastors here, one of the prayer partners would love to get to know you. Um, if you have time, come down after service and I'd just love to introduce myself to you. But let's pray with that person, everybody out loud, let's say, God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I open up my heart and I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. My weaknesses, my strengths, my life, I give to you. And in return, I receive you and everything you bring. I receive life. I receive joy. I receive truth. I receive Jesus. From this day forward, I am a child of God. Fill me with your presence, with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give it up for that person? Amen. Well, I pray that you are encouraged tonight. If, uh, if you have any uh, prayer petitions or would like to connect, we're going to have a couple of pastors and prayer team up here. So if you want to come up after Pastor Ryan dismisses, we'll be here. God bless you guys. Have a great night.